1: Live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. What's popping? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. We are on the eve of free agency. Um, first of all, Raja, isn't it weird? Like they give us this, they give us this mandate that the season is over, right? It's not really over after the finals. It's not really a thing. I think that's the biggest farce that we have. You go right from the finals to the draft to free agency to summer league, you really I think you trick your mind into thinking that you got time off, and it's not that until at least August. No, and for a lot I mean
0: for, certainly for for media members,
1: um, but y- you
0: know for for players and dudes on that grind and people who have dreamt about playing in the NBA their entire life, that's the beginning of the season. Mm. I mean that's the beginning of when stuff really starts to percolate and starts to pop and opportunities. Um, for cats that aren't necessarily in the league and and draftees and you know summer league and then it's bag season starting tomorrow. So like you know a, a lot of guys who were knocked out of the playoffs or or didn't make the playoffs or were knocked out relatively early for a lot of those you know pieces on some of those teams once the finals end it it really starts to get hot.
1: What's the vaca- like? What's the vacation schedule for an NBA player depending on like. Time you get out of the time you get out of the uh, playoffs, or if you even make it to the playoffs, versus if you're like going on a deep deep run. Um,
0: I think the, the few times I missed the playoffs, um, you know, you were probably three weeks or so. Like you take a vacation with the family, maybe go fishing or golfing, whatever it is you like to do. Um, and then it's then it's back to the grind, right? Like you you didn't have the whole. You just need a refresher. You need to kind of hit reset, right? Eighty two games is a long season, but you know, you didn't have the stress of going through the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, now, if you made a long run, the, the tricky part is you still need the reset and you want to you get away for longer, but you have much less time. So you really have to decompress in a matter of three weeks and get get back at it because that, that, that offseason, once you've gone all the way to the finals or the Eastern Conference or Western Conference finals, isn't as long as you think it is. Like once you get three weeks in, you know, now you're working on a month, you have to,
1: you have to really start, you know, getting back to work. You know who has gotten back to work, ladies and gentlemen? Raja Bell. Okay. <laughs> we, were, we were in the pre-pod meeting that I was two minutes late to. This is the first time in months that I was later than Raja on the call. And I think I know why. Because Raja has been working his ass off lately. I don't know if you guys listened to previous episodes, but he was talking about how he had, he had, his shot was lost. He didn't have his shot anymore. It was done right and recently as this recently as this morning he has regained a bit of his shot and he had the video playing in the backyard with Freeway out here playing shout out to Philly and he was cashing shit out and he thinks he's going to make a comeback is not ready to release the footage yet to the people but is is on the road back Raja talked through, talk to the people about your journey tell us what's mm. going on mm. help mm. us since you will since you're being a coward and not giving us the footage tell us coward. what's going on
0: wow well <laughs> the footage <laughs> cat wow um <laughs> let's just say this all jokes aside um even if you're a decade plus out like myself like there's a part of you when it comes this time of year and it's free agency time they're just there's a there's a part of you that's like man i should be doing something right now i should be getting i should be getting better right like 9.9 times out of 10 i disregard that little voice right like i'm sitting there on the couch minding my business drinking something but
1: you got a bourbon, a couple, you know you're yeah, like fuck yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not like bro my
0: <laughs> my back hurts but what happened to me full full disclosure was about a month and a half ago maybe 2 months ago you know i was i was at you asked me what I played at. I played right around, right under 215 was a sweet spot. Over 210, under 215 was where, where I felt good. Um, and I was up probably around 233, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't have like a, I mean, I was heavy for me, but but you would still probably look at me and be like, he's in decent shape. But, you I know, mean, i my see, young, you
1: know, you, 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 I, you look like you could give us two minutes, maybe. No, You could know, no, give no. an elbow. Mm-mm, 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 no. An no. elbow, okay. yeah.
0: Two minutes, probably not. Quick elbow. Mm-hmm. But okay. what happened to me was I was messing around with my son. And anybody who has, you know, children that are in this range, like my son's about to be a sophomore in high school, plays football. We talk about him a lot, but he lifts a lot of weight. So, you know, my wife was in, in the room where she could see us uh, with my with my middle boy and me and my older one kind of were. You know, messing around, pushing each other, right? And you know, we push and we push, and then we kind of locked up a little bit. All fun and games, <laughs> yeah. No, all fun and games. <laughs> no, I know, but, I know. But but uh, but he got up under me a little bit, and yeah. I was in my I was in my flip flops, and you know, the floors in the hallway are a little slippery. So before I know it, buddy got me sliding backwards. Oh, we can that. I knocked the picture off the wall. The frame broke. The whole nine. I'm like, oh shit. So, I, this is a long story. But at oh, that point, here. I. I, has, I said to myself, man, that's, this is not happening. It stops so, now, right now. So we got on our intermittent fasting. We started getting in, that, in, the, in the gym in the garage <laughs> three times a week, dog. We started getting our mileage up. Like this was a mission, dog. So <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I didn't feel like running because I was so sore. So I said, I'm going to take the shooting machine out. Last time I was on, you know, I couldn't find that shit. And that was disturbing. And it's not going to be like this today. So I threw on DJ Clue. I was still, like, not finding it. And then what happened was I got thrown in the time machine with some of the beats that were coming out. And (laughs) I clicked clicked back into, like, 01, 02, 03, like, really angry,
1: trying to prove something to somebody. And there it was. The jumper was back. Raja. Okay, this is what people don't know, man. Whenever Raja is in the bag of bags, which he tends to be around this time of year when he's shooting around (laughs) and fucking around the muse, this is why he doesn't listen to new shit because it throws him off. This is why he doesn't listen to your fuck, your baby Keems, your little Uzis, your, your, mm-hmm. your, whatever, you, whatever new shit you think of. He doesn't listen because it, it throws it off his game. When you know Rogers in his bag is when he's fucking playing that body in the trunk. He's playing that, <laughs> that fucking, it ain't hard to tell, or he's playing that fucking yeah. freeway. Or he's playing that Onyx or he's playing mm-hmm. that Annie up the MOP. Like, you know, he's in a bag. Now, Roger, my question to you, is you're 45 at this point, right? 45. 46. 46, okay. So... Do you still like I know that you're retired and everything like that, but do you still see a pathway like, you know, the pathway to go back to the pros? You just know it can't you can't do it. But what is the do you see it sometimes where you're like, bro, I can fucking actually do this as a retired NBA player. I can if I just fucking went hard without any injuries for however long of any time, do you see that end of the tunnel? Like I can do this, but I really can't. Like, how do you what is what is going through your mind throughout the season on a day to day? There is a
0: zero percent chance. A, I mean, a zero. I could barely be in the NBA when I wasn't a fucking NBA. Look, <laughs> oh, <God>. oh. <laughs> dog. At 40, there is no. There's no disillusion here. There, there. It's absolutely not like that. This is proving to oneself out there that. He can find something that he, he was very good at at one point. And there's some satisfaction taken from that. Uh, you know what I mean? And and generally just not trying to get pushed around by my, my 10th grader. You know, those are the things that keep me motivated. There is not a piece of me that thinks about playing in the NBA.
1: You know, we would be gassing, you know, me and Simmons be gassing you in the group chat and shit. Like every <laughs> once in a while, there's a playoff game. One of us will just hit you like, yo, you could give us 10 minutes for the Nuggets right now. What's up? And you just never respond. Or it's like a crying emoji. You don't even give us, like, you don't even be like yeah motherfucker I got this shit you don't it even is, give us any you don't even take the bait it is so out of the realm of
0: possibilities I mean if if there was a 1% chance that that could happen I'd indulge but I when I tell you there's a 0% like there's a 0% chance that I could get up and down the court for three possessions dog I would tear something hurt something um I don't know if I told you this I mean I got free agency coming up we're just probably storytelling today but when I was with the Cavs um, you know, it was my first I had been retired probably two and a half years. This is my third year going into retirement. And I showed up with the Cavs. I wasn't in great shape, but I wasn't that far removed from really training. So we started off really slowly and our team had some some holes when I first got there, right? We hadn't acquired J.R. Smith and and Mon Schumpert yet. And so it was in our offices with Trent Reddin and, and, and Kobe Altman and David Griffin, there had been a couple instances where people had alluded to, like, me maybe having to get in shape to fortify our bench. <laughs> and so. Shut up! No, 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 no. But now, so it, it was, I mean, it was a joke, but not a joke, right? So, like. It
1: was like, ha, ha, ha. But I mean, if
0: you want to. So I was kind of given the green light to like really start training in our facility. So I would do my work like as as whatever my role was, I forget exactly what they called me. But then I would get in and really, you know, get a lift, you know, get in get in my shots, start taking care of my body in a way to see if I could do it. And I mean it never played itself out like that, but that was the last time where I really said, if I have to, I could do this.
1: This is before the JR something. Absolutely. So like, wasn't there like injuries or something too before that? Like, was this around that time? With like, I don't know. No, LeBron just had gone away for a little bit, right? We went yeah, to Miami. We,
0: the team wasn't playing great. Um, you know, there were probably some pieces that came with LeBron um, from Miami that weren't exactly what the Cavs thought they were getting maybe if, as a fair way to put it like I, I sure whatever whatever roles they were needing from them they didn't they didn't feel like that was great defensively I don't think we were very strong at that point and so you know they were Griffith he said to me multiple times so I was like I was like okay
1: well I mean that's not what I signed up for but were, are you watching film or are you saying this is where LeBron is going to throw me the pass on the corner no, if I do no. come out like how far no, did no, it no, get no. before it was like you know what I'm going to sit my ass down I can't do this um, I well,
0: so I got in a few noon ball games with the with some of the coaches. Sean Marion was was rehabbing, so he'd be in those games. Um, Phil Handy's uh, young Buck McKenzie was um was town big. Shout games. out Phil Handy, straight up. So I play I play in a few of those after a couple of weeks of really you know getting some work in. I play in those, and I was I was good. To, I was straight. Now I wasn't an NBA player, but I still had work to do. But I, it just it became clear that that wasn't going to be an option, and so I just I used it as a way to get back in shape. But it was the it was the last time that I ever convinced myself that it could be possible to get
1: back into that. Damn, bro. There's so many what ifs there, man. There's so many what ifs. Jeez. <laughs> wow, you could have gotten I mean, revenge on the Warriors in the in the in the finals. Wow. You know, you could have like, damn, dog. Like you could have fuck.
0: And real talk, if I had pushed for it, like I didn't really push for it. Like it was always. Coming from them and me just kind of listening because, real talk, I couldn't tell if it was,
1: you know, smoke jokes you or if they know what were it was. testing
0: the water. So I didn't really, you know, I didn't really. Hey, hey did you guys that like,
1: yeah. scrimmage though? Was you still like, you know, did the competitive juices come out? Did the freeway start playing? And that, did that body in the trunk energy come out in the, in the, in the noon pickup games?
0: I was cooking a noon Ball. Don't get that twisted.
1: All right, here we go. Here we, yeah, fucking go. Here we go. We <laughs> go. shit. Don't shit. Ah! <laughs> okay, let's somehow get to free agency, Raja. Let's let somehow get here. We're we're 13 minutes in. We got enough of that. I, not even that. We have enough of that. I just fluff. feel like we no, should address. Fluff. I mean, listen. Yeah, but like you got to have some fluff. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm down with it. I, I'm I'm locked in because Raja. You know, there's been stories. Um, on the ringer.com, Rob Mahoney wrote something, Zach Cram wrote something, and it's basically alluding to the fact that this is just a a boring free agency period. It just, you know, it is, right? Like where yep. I think we would say peak free agency. Is 2010 with LeBron, right? And then you are and then you go into 2016. Kevin Durant is uh is, is going to the Warriors and you have the signing trade for Jimmy Butler ensuing Summers, right? All right, so now this year we have basically an older version of that, right? Where we don't have we we have James Harden, but it's not prime James Harden, who is a multiple all star James Harden, right? It is Harden that is a contributor, but not but he was at a younger age and we're seeing where he's going to go, right? We have Fred Van Vliet, really, really good player, but is it going to get a special made around him? Right. Um, where do you see this free agency as a, in, in comparison to other free agencies, Raja? Um, and quite frankly, are you going to be on your couch on pins and needles this weekend? No. How do you feel about this whole, this whole shebang?
0: I mean, I don't think it's the most exciting Free agency period that we've had for sure, but you know, I never really. Although my job now is is on the media side of it, so naturally you're going to be in tune with all the big names, and that those are the things that are going to sell. I, I never really looked at it through that prism. Like just always being a journeyman, I was. I was always more concerned with you know the guys that your average fan wasn't really paying attention to in free agency, but he was about to change his family's life you know what i mean or 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 legacy and and be able to do things that 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 he never dreamed he could do and so there's still going to be a lot of that going around but you just don't have those major stars that are at the peak of their powers um you know changing the landscape of the nba this this free agency period and that's okay i mean it's not as exciting for the fan but there's still a lot of boys out there that are that are Going to fulfill lifelong dreams of securing a nice bag in the NBA. I
1: I I, I understand that. That sounds. I mean, obviously, that's that's the human element of it, right? What is it as a journeyman to go through this period? We've talked about it in previous episodes of just like your journey as a free agent and, and the near misses that happen. But from the day to day, like, what is the nerves like? What are we What are we thinking about? And because the uh, (laughs) NBA is a, is a especially free agency. It's, it's kind of more of a crapshoot than you think. Right. Because, One of those things are, oh, this person that we targeted just got signed by somebody else with an offer. So we need to pivot right now, right, to get this guy or get this guy. Or maybe this guy thought he was going to get a bag and maybe he's not. So now we're going to we have to have our eyes on this guy to bring him in. Right. And you have there's a lot of split second decisions that happen in free agency from a player's perspective. How do you go through the ebbs and flows of that when you are a journeyman player and you might not have the first priority Mm -hmm. and the pick of the litter that you want to? You have to just take it while it's there.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I've experienced free agency from a lot of different perspectives, right? Like, one of the first ones I can remember is when I was told by Philly that they weren't going to bring me back and I had no expectations. I was hoping to get picked up by somebody and I wound up in Spain, you know, like, so that, that was one with no expectations, like really hopeful, sitting around watching all the dominoes fall and then quickly realizing like, and, and having to have a powwow with your agent, like, look, there's, This has dried up. Like, what's our next move? Because the next thing that's going to happen is those major deals in Europe, the ones that, you know, are are, are really lucrative, they will dry up because they're going to be people like you that realize they're not going to get signed here in the NBA. So now we got to pivot. And so that was my first time. My second time was after coming back from Spain and playing with Dallas and having contributed to a team that went to the Western Conference finals, albeit half the time. Nelly would play me half the time. I either started half the games or I didn't play any the other half. Like it was weird, but at the, I was a little disillusioned because I really thought that I was going to have a little deal. Like there would be something there for me and maybe not the first night, but in the next week and a half to two weeks. And that didn't happen either. So I got really frustrated. I was young. Um, I was insecure because I had just had to go to Spain Um, I, I felt a little, you know, I was a little jaded and, and felt disrespected. And so, you know, I wound up taking a very marginal deal from the jazz and it wound up being the best thing that ever happened to me. But I had to swing at something because there just wasn't, it wasn't, we had misinterpreted the market. So, so my agent, and this is part of it too, the, what you get from your agent kind of shapes, you know, the way you're looking at that. So when your agent tells you, no, I got a lot of. I got a lot of irons in the fire. I've fielded a lot of calls. There are a lot of people that are interested. It starts to shape like the way you think that's going to play out for you. So I'm like, okay, well this should be a second third week. And when he's coming back saying, "Look, I just they're not calling." You're like, "Well, what the fuck? Like you you you're the one taking just the calls. Me. You told me." Right. <laughs> yeah. So that so that was that one. Um after that stint, 2 years in Utah, scored the ball a little bit. I was Unbeknownst to me, because I wasn't going to make the same mistake as I had the, the the two years prior, where I was really gassed and thought I was something that I wasn't. I was just kind of chilling with my wife. This was a regular, this was a regular evening for us. Um, you know, we had gone out, we were on the beach, and I come home, and uh, I was in the shower, and my phone started ringing. This was at twelve oh one. So when I say my phone started ringing, it was ring. Hey, hold on real quick. I got another call. Hey, can you call me back in two minutes? Finish that conversation ring. Hey, this is such and such from so on and so forth. We want. So I had about
1: seven or eight calls. Wait, so the general manager called players too? Like, is that a thing or do they call the agent to call the player? Like, how does that work usually? Uh, I think
0: both because I had, uh, I had heard from multiple general managers and I had heard from my agent multiple times. Right. So some people were reaching out to me. Some people were reaching out to him. Um, but we had a list of, of like a, a handful of teams that were going to come down to meet where I was going to go see them. Right. And so I was prepared to start fielding offers and seeing where I wanted to play. And Phoenix came in, which was one of my, you know, we had put a list together of places that I really wanted to play. Yeah. Utah was on that list as number one. Um, Phoenix was on that list as like one B. Um, there were, there were a few places like that. So when Phoenix got on the horn and they were super mad aggressive, like, Here's the deal. We really want him. Take it or leave it. It won't be there tomorrow. Why did you want to go to Phoenix? I mean, I had played with Steve in Dallas. He and I were cool. We, you know, we had hung out and talked during the year. They had a really exciting style of play. Um, yeah. This was right at the beginning of what they were doing. They had lost. Or they beat Memphis or they lost. It doesn't matter. Maybe maybe lost to Memphis. Did somebody get hurt? But the point was they were playing this style. No one was playing it. And I was really familiar with Steve. And we had had conversations that made me feel comfortable that I would fit in well there. So it was high on the list. Plus Phoenix is a great city. Um, So I pivot, I went back to, I went back to Utah, like, Hey, you know, here's the, here's the deal. Like my agent was like, look, we need to talk. Kevin O'Connor is like, we'll talk. Here's what we got. And he was like, yeah, we'll talk in the morning. And I mean, we didn't have until the morning. Like, you know, it wasn't like, I didn't want to wait till the morning. We just didn't have the luxury. So we signed that night. So that was my experience with being a, a coveted, um, highly tiered free agent, right? Phone ringing at 1201. And then, you know, maybe the one that's most pertinent to this conversation would be after I play out that deal and I'm now an older veteran player that probably could contribute to a winning situation, maybe not the minimum anymore, but it coincided with LeBron being a free agent. And this one was really unique because I did get a little frustrated with LeBron because no dominoes were moving we all had to wait until lebron figured out what he was going to do because obviously that was going to reshape um if he moved the 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 whole the whole deal. Do you know what I mean? And so there -hmm. was this period of time that that almost everyone was just in a standstill waiting to see what happened. And then once he made the decision, that's when things started to heat up. That's when everybody, all these mid level guys started signing. And then, you know, these fringe players started signing. And then I was sitting around and, you know, you know, Miami, you know, offered me and Boston came in late and Utah was there. And I talked to Kobe. And but but that one was frustrating for a different reason is because I had to sit there and wait. Um, like a lot of us did for LeBron to make that call, which, you know, look, I love LeBron. But at the time, I was frustrated because I wanted to figure out where the hell I was going to be.
1: Well, yeah, it's fun because uh, I'm looking at a decision. That's July 8th, 2010. So dog. that's a whole week of not knowing what the hell you're going to do and where you're going. And like, it's all because of one man and greatest player of our generation. So we get it. But like, damn, dog, like, where are you? What are you doing? Where are you doing during that week when He's just fucking whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> whatever no. what he's doing. Whatever Well, he's not he ain't tripping off of you. But like whatever he's doing to make his decision. I was somewhere talking
0: shit. I'm sure. I mean, I, I think so. If I remember at 12, I did get calls that night at 12:01, right? Um, I was in my my in laws' um, home in in Long Island, and I remember you know getting a call from the Lakers and getting a call from a few other teams. But it was hey. We we're we're really interested, and you know we'll be back in touch. We just wanted to express that we're interested. We got some things to take care of, and then we'll get back. So it wasn't the same twelve oh one call, which was like, "Yo, we want you," or "We want to come to you tomorrow," or "We want you to come to us," or "Take it or leave it" type of deal. This was like, "Yo, pump the brakes for a second, give us some time. We're interested. Let us see how our roster shapes out." So I I was in New York, and I think that helped because I got you know you're visiting people, you know I'm out there playing golf. I got a lot of shit going on, but Every day you got to go work out, and every day in those workouts, I think I was working out with uh Jay Hernandez up in Long Island, and you know a lot of conversation revolves around like hey what what are you thinking like wh- where are you where are you trying to go and that becomes frustrating because you just really you're like listen dog, nothing is going to happen for me at least until until, until this domino falls right and so you know you just take it you just take it one day at a time put your work in um you know, understand where you fall in the hierarchy. Like that's who I was as an older player that wasn't going to move the needle that much for a team. Um, I was going to be an accent at best, and so as frustrating as it is, it's business. And you, you know, you have to learn how to operate. You know, as a pro, and so I waited my time, and then once LeBron made his move, we started sifting through the options.
1: Bro, life is a journeyman, man. You need it's it's tough, bro. Also, and it also. It also shows the reason why. Like if you if you're an NBA player or you're a young NBA player, you gotta get your bread where you can get it, man. Like you gotta just you have to take those opportunities because it's just it's it's a split second decision. That's a life-changing decision, but it's split second. It's like you don't got a lot of time to think. You're like, I'm gonna take this or I'm gonna not take this. Or and I, these are the ramifications the other way. And you gotta have that self-awareness because it's tough here, man.
0: No, yeah. That 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 last time around the block was was Really difficult for me because, you know, I always wanted to play in Miami. Um, Miami came in and, and made me an offer, um, you know, after they had signed James and and Mike Miller and Udonis and all of those guys. But it was for the minimum, and it was a one year deal for the minimum, right? And so that was on the table. Then, you know, I met with Kobe and and talked to him, or I didn't meet with him, but we had had conversations, and that was going to be a minimum type of situation too, right? And then I had Utah and and chicago for roughly the same amount of money but different amount of years so you know you had these these similar like deals in terms of overall money but one was spread out in utah a little longer and so now Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out all right like miami's probably closest to a championship um but like you know the minimum was like one tenth of what i was still like Able to kind of get from from other teams. So is is that a guarantee championship? Like why I like to win a championship. You know that's oh man, that's that's going to be really tough.
1: And it all and like you know it's your last deal. Like you know this is probably going to be your last deal.
0: Yeah, at that point, like if you're bringing me in on the minimum, you're not going to play me a lot probably. There's going to be no way for me to restore any value. So like I am now a minimum player from here on out. Yep. If I get to play past this last year, because you could sit me, and that effectively ends my career, right? Because. Yep. People are like, he's washed. So that one was like, I probably can't do that. And so then, you know, Kobe, and I always wanted to go see how he worked and if I could kind of live up to that standard. And that was one. And I was like, man, I can't, I'd probably play more with the Lakers Um, because his pitch was like, look, LeBron, um, D-Wade, and these dudes are getting a super team together. And, you know, we're going to do something like, you know, We'll have answers for that. Like, and he was talking about me being able to guard you know, either of those two dudes and then him being able to guard and whoever else was out there. So I knew I'd have more of a role on that
1: team, but it was still minimum. He said, we got answers for that. <laughs> he did. And that was appealing, right? <laughs> hey, hey, Bede is a cold motherfucker to say some shit like that, bro. <laughs> He's like, no, oh, you got LeBron and d Way, but yo, we got answers for that.
0: He literally said that I was walking, I was pacing in front of my in-laws' house in Long Island in the middle of the street having this conversation with this man. So like I remember it because I went back in the kitchen and I was like, You guys will never guess who I just got off the fucking phone with. And people were like, What? (laughs) And I but but that's where his mind was. His was like, yo, we could we're gonna take care of that. And so but it was the minimum, Logan. And so then, you know, Utah had familiarity, Darren Williams, Al Jefferson. Um, Paul Millsap, Mehmet Okor, like we were going to, Andre Karolinko, we were going to be a really good team and their deal was spread out over three years so it was less money per year but we were going into a lockout year so we didn't know how much of that first year in, in let's say Chicago even though the money, you know, the the, the money was more, like if I missed that whole year, you know, I stood to lose more money by taking the two-year deal than I would spreading it out over three and this was probably my last time around the block and so ultimately, my familiarity, I love Jerry. I thought we were gonna be really good. Um, and the three years allowed me to kind of mitigate maybe some of the loss if it was a long sure. lockout. So we took it.
1: That makes sense. And then um, you know, also like if there's any NBA players listening, hello. But also if you um if you uh do that, right? Say you're signing a, a minimum deal with the Lakers, right? You just said all the reasons why that would not be great, especially if it's a one-year minimum. But if you signed this multi-year deal with the Utah Jazz, there's a world where you can get traded to any one of these teams that you initially probably wanted to go and have a higher salary and more security on those teams. So I get what you were doing, Like even if like this is just the best deal.
0: I had to take that at that point in my career. That could, if I hadn't gotten sideways with the Jazz and been a dummy, like I was a dummy for what I did, that probably would have happened because it would have been easier to, to trade me. But, you know, like I didn't help myself and the Jazz didn't help me. And out of their spite, they didn't help themselves because they couldn't move me. Can you dig what I'm saying? Like,
1: oh, yeah, they sure. wanted to
0: spite me. You talk that shit. You tried to pay me as a bad guy and therefore you couldn't trade me. And then boom, here we are. We're, we're both <laughs> fucked. But th- the point was that could have happened. And if I were a younger player, Logan, and, and had real belief in myself, I would take taken a minimum deal maybe because I know I'm going to play like I know that I can play. Some like um, Malik and, Monk.
1: I don't know if he took a minimum deal, but like one of those deals where, yo, I just need to get back on track and then I'm gonna get my bag.
0: Absolutely. But at that point in my career, like that wasn't really what was gonna happen, right? Like I knew that I was slowing down. Like teams knew that I was slowing down. So taking the one year minimum deal was gonna was gonna seal my fate. Um more so than than more than me being able to show the world that I deserve more than that next time at the age I was
1: that is, ladies and gentlemen, is an education on free agency. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to play a game, Raja. Stay tuned. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. It's a little game, Ron. I literally just told Raja this game that we're about to play that I literally thought of last segment. And it is, (laughs) as we're going into free agency, we have a lot of key free agents, and we're just going to pick some names and just say what team we want them to go on. And honestly, this has nothing to do with like salary cap situations or trades or if it could actually work or not. You know how we do at Ruins. It is just vibes. So, Raja, I'm going to give you a quick name first. Someone that is a... Uh, a guy we talked to about a lot on this program, Mr. Kyrie Irving. Who yeah. would you want Kyrie Irving to, which team would you want to see him play on next season? Yeah, in a vacuum, right? Like again,
0: where there's no, no salary caps, none of that. I'm talking purely basketball, like where I think he would fit best and, and thrive. And there would be two places. It would be the Lakers and it would be the Miami Heat. Uh, both of them have a need for more, playmaking and scoring um both of them have defensive pieces that they would kind of be able to maybe make up for 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 you know his lack of of i see Kyrie's a better defender than he than 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 he gets credit for he just don't defend all the time right but so for that reason they've got defense in place and here's the biggest part they're they're culturally you know there's a big culture piece in place lebron is a culture piece like he drives culture the heat and and their heat culture has talked about at length, like they can maybe absorb a Kyrie and, and get the best of what he has to offer in a setting like that. And so for those reasons, it'd be those
1: two. When you talk about, uh, before I wanted to talk about like the defender of, that Kyrie is great defender when he's locked in, especially during the finals yeah. against one guy, right? Like where yeah. he just is like, where he has a point to prove he's, I saw him in his first finals. He was blocking shots. He was stripping motherfuckers. I was like, who are you? What is going on? Right. (laughs) But I think that uh, it's funny. You took both of my picks. So I would like, I might have to take, I might have to do another stab at it. You know who Mm. I would love to see him play with? And this is assuming that they're healthy LA, but the Clippers. I think that would be fun. I think that would be be a great opportunity to see him play alongside Kawhi, play alongside PG. Assuming it's like I would want him to play on the Clippers if it was like the two K setting where injuries were off and like (laughs) and 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 and, and like stamina and energy is all the way on. Like it's that's great too. So they're just playing and they're just. I would love to see him play on 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 the LA Clippers. I think that would be a fun get. Interesting,
0: interesting collaboration of talent. Interesting collection of talent there. Um, and I could see where you're going with that. The only reservation I would have in this make-believe world, and maybe since it's make-believe, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Is like, Kawhi doesn't really lead, lead or drive any kind of culture, and nor does you know Paul George. Is great, and I love him, but like I don't think he's really a a culture driving dude either. It would be
1: Kyrie's team in in a mm, a lot of ways, mm, right? mm, And that's not the best thing, right? mm. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Mm. I mean,
0: for Kyrie, maybe he thinks, but I think I think for for him, that's not the best
1: idea. The reason why I say, like, I mean, I feel like every team post uh, Cavalier era Kyrie has had his imprint on it, right? Like, he just is the biggest personality in the room. He's the he is that. So that would happen in uh, in L.A. It was interesting because like I I was hearing like a slight a some slight buzz that you know he would try to reunite with uh, in Phoenix with KD, but that wouldn't work. I would never want to see that happen. Um that's Kyrie. All right. I'm going to go on another name. That we we've, we've been talking about on the um we been talking about a little bit over the last few weeks. Draymond Green. Now, uh. I think that he's going. I think if you had to ask me right now, he's probably going to go to the Warriors on a multi-year deal, right? I think just with the roster set up and you trade for Chris Paul, you're trading for Chris Paul to pair him with Dray- with the idea that Draymond, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry are all going to be there, right? Um, and the Warriors seem to be confident of that. So with that out of the way, one team that I would love to see him on and it would be really fun, I would love to see him on the Sacramento Kings. I've said this. I've said this many of times throughout the season on this podcast, on Bill's podcast, on anyone that would give me a mic, just say how fucking fun that would be. I just, I I would want to see revenge Draymond. Like the best Draymond is someone has him fucked up, right? Where he feels slighted, where even if he, even if he was the one that did something wrong and he feels slighted, a season of that, I think, would get the Sacramento Kings to a four seed. I think it would. I think it would get them. I don't think they would win a title by any means, but play have the Kings play the Warriors in any sort of circumstance. If he's on the Kings, bet that the Kings are going to come out and, and yeah. come out on top. I, that would I would love to see him on in that type of situation. I think that's a fantastic call. Um,
0: I was going to say Golden State because I think. He's so unique as a player um that you've got to play a certain style to really get the best out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? I just I know this always comes off as shade and I don't mean it like that. Like I, I don't think his style of play and what he's what he's kind of, you know, mastered doing fits in every situation. Like they just don't play like that to to to, to, to get full value out of Draymond. But Sacramento Kings, and I was only going to say Golden State. Sacramento Kings was the other name I was going to play around with. I think it's a great call. You got a bunch of pieces, um, that, that they play fast. They move the ball. Um, they're explosive and he can kind of conduct. Um,
1: yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I love, I love that call. I think that, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it would work just for this specifically. Like, I don't want the other point po- team that was out there was the Detroit Pistons. I don't think he would. I don't think Man. that's a, that's not a great fit. I think Sack has the combination of young dudes and just young, like just dudes, you know, like mm-hmm. who ain't scared of shit. Like Malik Monk, love him. Darren Fox, love him. And I know Dre loves him too, right? This would be like a great and also it would. It would prove to it would it would be his opportunity to prove to the NBA world that nah man I am a great fucking player I am a great player and I can be a, I'm a great basketball player and I can do that in any setting um, damn do we just convince ourselves to just hey Draymond go to sag bro <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right another name Damian Lillard. Mm. He continues to double down on Portland. I mean, that's just what it is, man. He continues to do this. Um, I guess the easiest call is Miami because like, man, that would just be great. I'm going to go without just vibes. I want to see him on the Lakers, bro. I want to see him on the Lakers. I think that would be great. I think that would be awesome. He has LeBron's respect. He's a good enough player to not have to play. It could say could not have to play in the shadow of LeBron, And what I mean by that is he could say, man, I'm Dame fucking Lillard, bro. Like you got like, I, I have a, he has enough of an ego, earned ego to be like, no, I'm my own man. I can get us right. Right. I think that Mm -hmm. I would love to see him on that team. I think it would be a better fit than Westbrook. And in fact, like before the Westbrook deal went down, LeBron was recruiting Dame Lillard to come to Los Angeles and uh, Dame similar to this summer was like, you know what? My heart is in Portland. And signed a deal to go back to Portland, uh, but I think the Lakers would be a great fit. What you think, Ra?
0: Yeah, I love the Laker call. It was going to be one of mine. There are a few places, um, uh, not unlike Kyrie, Miami, just you know, plug and play. You you know, you're good. You you got him, Jimmy, and if you could keep Bam in in that scenario, I think you're you're set up really well. Uh Philly, uh, I yeah. think I think that that'd be a nice fit with him and and Joel and whatever you know pieces you had to 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 kind of support that. And I do think weirdly that the Clippers, the team you mentioned with, with uh, Kyrie, like if you, if you plug Dame into that with Paul George and Kawhi, I think it's because of his stability. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're better than if you plug Kyrie into it.
1: So, um, Clippers are a nice one though. Clippers are a nice one because he could, he could be a guy that can just, he is a strong, strong enough personality to where he can, Eddie speaks he could be yeah. a a really he could be the leader of that locker room if he goes totally. to the clippers totally
0: and and what you know all those places are you know when you're saying you could plug Damon like you could probably plug Kyrie in skill set wise right like sure you could debate over who's better, but what they're going to do for your team in terms of offense and scoring is is kind of in the same box um but but personality wise and and cultural fit. Um, I think there are certain scenarios that are set up to to uh, be able to handle, you know, Kyrie because there are things in place, um, and I don't think you have to worry about that to the same degree with with Dee Lillard. So, like, you could put him into like a Clipper situation, and 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 he'd drive that kind of culture. So, I, I like those for him. But ultimately, I think my two favorites would be the Lakers, and you know, it was a great
1: call, and the Heat. Last, but certainly certainly not least, let's go with uh, let's go with James Harden, which is. Very, which would be very interesting. One Could Houston? Houston? No. Would you want to? No, absolutely not. Where would you want him to go? Uh, the, the only place he can go. Philly. Really? Yeah. I was going to make like, the case. Let's go to, wait, hold that thought on Philly. I was going to make this case real quick. Is there a way that if he went down to South Beach and they put him in heat culture?
0: No. No. <laughs> No. No.
1: No. no. Raja, how would that work? That cannot work. No. He's, in, no. he's in Miami all the time. What do you mean? That's like a home for him. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not even about to do this with you, bro.
0: No. No. I, no disrespect to James Harden. No disrespect. I don't think... That the heat would even entertain. They're not even taking. As soon as James, hang that up.
1: James is James is like, yo, hey, I, Mickey Arison got a lot of respect for you. Pat got a lot of respect for you.
0: Hang I'm that. Ready, up. I'm ready.
1: To, I'm ready I'm locked in. I'm ready to go, and I'm okay. ready to be serious.
0: Let let me be serious then. Let me allow me to be serious because I know like we're not even getting to like the things heat culture wise that he does not check boxes for that would be red flags off the bat. Right. Like not even a touch on those, but just from a style of play, like he can't fit in that. Like they are, you know what I mean? Like I, you do ask Jimmy Butler and, 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 and bam out a bio on them to just stay, just stand. Like he, he went to, he went to Brooklyn saying that he was going to, you know, hang, hang out and be a piece and not have to have the ball. And by, by, from 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 what I got from people, that didn't last very long. Like he was in there talking about yo, I need a ball, I need I need a ball. I don't want to just stand here. Like and and that's playing with Kyrie and Kevin, damn Durant. What do you think he's gonna do if you give him Jimmy Butler and fucking Bam Adebayo? You think he's gonna play off the ball? Nope. You gotta nah, no. Like, hey, hey, hey.
1: You got be like you got be like curved the other day. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so like 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 I, I'm sorry,
0: but. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> you took offense to that. I'm sorry, no, pal. I did. I really did. That hurt you bad. Guess <laughs> he's going to Philly. You know, what's funny. Uh, Third Eye Kai just sent me a text. That's going to be very interesting. I literally, it's hella funny that I just told you this. Remember, I just said literally five minutes ago that there was this rumor that I kept hearing that like, don't, don't rule out Kyrie Irving yeah. for Phoenix. Chris Haynes just fucking tweeted. NBA star Kyrie Irving intends to meet with the Phoenix Suns when the Phoenix uh, when the free agency period begins tomorrow. <laughs> also, also, that would take a lot of work. That would take us, I would believe would take a sign in trade for Aiden, at least, right? Like, I don't know how this works with their salary cap setup, right? Like, I don't know. I just don't like I don't think that. That would just be, that would just be wildly stupid, honestly. Like I can't. Yeah, that would just be wildly stupid for that to happen. I give my happen. guy
0: James Jones more credit. Come on, droops. Droops is my guy. I don't know. I mean, this isn't even a Kyrie thing. I mean, how how small are you going to get? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, how are you replacing Aiden? I guess you know. I know. I, I've hear. I've heard the stuff about Aiton, and he doesn't like not getting the ball, and he doesn't give you the best, and this and that. And now that you've got you know, Bradley Beal and, and, and I mean, you're already thin as it is. Like what, what are you replacing him with?
1: I'm just going to say this, Raj, I'm putting my, I'm putting my media hat on right now. And I'm just, you know, I'm just look, pursing through the rumors right now. This definitely seems like a leverage play from Kyrie, bro. This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense to even like broach the topic of going back. Right. Like, but I like, But like I said, I've heard these rumors, but like after the Bradley Beal deal, this doesn't make any sense for him to do that. Like just sign with the Mavericks, dude, just sign with the Mavericks This
0: is where you're at. I mean, like the Mavericks are sitting around saying, yeah, that's a possibility. Like, but that's what's a lot of smoke screens, right? It's a lot. Kyrie's trying to trying to make it appear that there's a market out there for him that there that might not exist. You know what I I mean? And so I don't know. I think there
1: might be a little bit too much dip on his chip. It just seems like a little bit too much dip on his chip, which is so yeah, unlike Kyrie. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's a silly one. I
0: mean, it, but here's the crazy part. Like, no, I'm not even gonna get into that. I'm not even gonna do it because Talk I was gonna say like, here. in and in, 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 no, in some world, like because James Jones is there and there's a relationship in place and there's some familiarity and there, like those are things that if if I'm looking at situations where you might get the best. Out of Kyrie as as a as a teammate and as a you know accountable piece of your organization, like those are things that if in place, I could say, oh okay, yeah, maybe. It's I mean, a but recipe that's- to
1: get a lot of motherfuckers fired, Roger, is All that <laughs> is that's what. I that- <laughs> that wouldn't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth. It.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not doing it either. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I doing my thing where I try to say uh, I could I could mm. see potentially how it might. You might get a decent Kyrie in that, but I see it makes no sense. Uh, just sign with the Mavericks, dude.
1: Just sign with the Mavs. Figure it out there. Like, I get it. You need leverage, and you, you want guarantees in your contract. I understand. I, I get it. Well, the two, of, the
0: two of them, the two of them, right? Like, maybe for different reasons. You know, Harden's older, but I think they both fall into this category where they need to stay. Like, that's the best place for them, right? Where they're at. But the club again, for different reasons, is it would behoove them, for different reasons, <laughs> for different reasons, it would behoove them to to not lock into something long, right? Like you don't want Kyrie locked in long term if you're the organization. The the Mavericks and the Sixers, as as it relates to trying to re-sign James Harden and needing to retain Kyrie, right? After all that you did to get him. so So both of those, I think, are the best destinations for the player and the teams need to bring them back. And what I'm saying is, For different reasons, but similarly, you would want to get them in a in a in a in a contract that doesn't lock in, um, you know, that doesn't lock in for a long time, so that so that there's leverage there that you can apply if need be. If you know Kyrie were to you know revert to some of the behaviors that he had in 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 Brooklyn, right? And and now you're not sitting there with him locked into five years, telling you, "Hey, bro, you're fucked." Right, and then in James Harden, just because of where he is in his career, and you know, you're going to need to do some things with Tyrese Maxey and you know, he hasn't his his playoff failures is it's a thing, um, you know, and at that age, you probably want to lock into that four years, five years,
1: you know, it's uh, we'll see what happens. I'm curious though, like, and I I, I just briefly skimmed through Haynes' reporting real quick. And it wasn't really addressed. So I wanted to... I do wonder what, like... This is, like, openly wondering. I do wonder what his relationship with is... What Kyrie's relationship is with Kevin right now. Like, that's just a question that I have. Because when I asked Kevin in Phoenix a couple couple months ago... Yeah, so his comment was basically... That's something I'm going to keep internal. I don't want to expose our relationship. I think that's deeper than basketball. But I wouldn't say my relationship with Kyrie was a problem. I didn't think it was a problem. That was what he said. Seemed like he was reconciling all of that himself, right? Like, that's what I wrote in the story. And I just do wonder, like, you know, I, I wonder what what that dynamic is at this point. And I'm saying this is someone who genuinely doesn't know their, their relationship at this point in time. I do wonder, like, how you, how you reconcile... And would want that back into your locker room after what happened. And this is just me asking as, as as a as an observer how you could do that, even if he was going to okay that. Like I, I wouldn't want like they, Brooklyn was a headache, man. As we both know, that I wouldn't sign back up for that if I'm KD after what just happened and transpired. Like I don't well, care if we cool or not. That's not something I want if I'm moving on.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, If you're sitting there with just you and Devin Booker and that Kyrie talent, despite everything that took place in Brooklyn, that Kyrie talent is staring you in the face with an opportunity to have it on your team. I've said this before. That's a very, very hard thing to say no to. He's that damn talented for, for, and and i'm not talking about to the, to to a regular fan i'm talking about to some of the greatest to ever play the game like a fucking lebron and a and a kevin durant would sit there and watch him i i've seen it with my own eyes they'll watch what he does and be like damn bro how you do that so when those dudes have that reaction to your skill set i'm sitting here telling you right now if it was just if it was just kevin durant um and devin booker he might be able to put those feelings aside and, and say, man, let's take a swing at that if it were possible. But with Bradley Beal in hand, and now you're sitting there with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, I'm 100 percent with you. I'm straight.
1: Andy I don't Adrian, need to roll the dice Andy, on that. Who who you need front court help more than you need another guard? Right? No, no one like. one
0: thousand percent. But 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 yeah, one thousand percent. But because because it's there because you have that third guard, like you all those feelings that you may have done a good job of being, you know, mature and, 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 and spiritual and forgiving. And, and you're this, uh, you know, uh, you've got this ability to kind of let bygones be bygones and and water under the bridge in a way that, that I quite frankly couldn't do so easily, but you could do all of that. And you'd still probably say, nah, we're good, man, because we got, we got Bradley. There's no real need to risk that. Now, LeBron in a vacuum, Again, not, not cap, not talking about what you'd have to give up to get him or anything like that, but in their situation in terms of talent and, and, and um, ability to create plays and score, if I were LeBron, I'd take a swing at it. I'd say, sure, let's mm-hmm. rock out. And the history is different, right? The history is different than it is with K- KD. But I would definitely say, yeah, man, bring that.
1: All right. I guess this free agency is going to be more entertaining than, than we thought, Raja. Oh. But in the meantime... It's a Thursday episode, so you know what that means. Mm. Time for real one of the week. Roger, I'm gonna let you go first. I have my <laughs> real one of the week, but I'm gonna let you, you go, go first. You go first. No, no, go I'm gonna let you, you go, go, first. go first. All right, fine. I'll go first. You if you want me to go first, I'm gonna fucking go first. Yeah. You know who I'm gonna go with? I'm gonna go with JJ Watt. You know? Okay. Shout out to you for joining CBS Sports as an analyst. Come to the you came to the dark side. It's gonna be fun to see you on television, my guy. JJ right. Watt. Happy retirement. Let's see, man. You know who I'm going
0: to go with, man, just because it's, you know, this is my, my world now. It's, it, 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 it's high school football centric here in South Florida. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is back in the community working at, at, uh, at a local high school where, where he played and it was an all time great. And, you know, I, I checked him out yesterday. He was on Facebook in some conversations with some parents about, about the teaching, um, that, that, that needs to take place and should be provided here in South Florida and, and having pros like that come back and pour into their communities and help at the grassroots level and try to get some of these young men, um, the proper tutelage so that their their skill sets can match their athleticism is, is critical. And I applaud them for it. And so real one of the week, Teddy B.
1: Gang gang. There you go, man. And that has been another edition of real ones. A little housekeeping. We will not have a Monday show next week. So we'll see you guys next Thursday. Happy free agency. All the shits. Uh, uh, uh. All right, man. Bye.